Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Portsmouth Basketball Podcast. I am Mark. I am Paul. Hello. And you are struggling today, aren't yeah. you? He's not having a good day, ladies and gentlemen. But we have another guest. We are going international, Mark. With our first ever, I was going to say Skype, but it's not Skype. We're using Google Meet. So I'm not going to advertise Skype. But nonetheless, our first guest who's here, but not here. Yeah. Can you introduce him? I can introduce him. um, But you know what? I don't actually know how um, to introduce him. So I have decided to do it as a Portsmouth former Portsmouth Fury player absolutely and then we'll go through the list start at the top yeah it's probably not his top but yeah it's anyway. the top here now, here now. Stand, stand and cheer, and cheer. For, your for your former Portsmouth, Portsmouth Fury number, number 12, 12 at small, at small forward, forward Simon Gattol Simon, how you doing? You okay? Bonsoir. Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Bonsoir indeed. It's an hour ahead. He's he stayed up yes. just for us. Well, you know, not that anyone other than us would know this, but he is an hour ahead and we're also an hour late, so he's actually two hours ahead of us. Wow, well, hang on. We're an hour late? Yeah. I think Simon can confirm we are not an hour late. You no, are just an hour late. You are. Well, it's not <laughs> my fault. We're not it was, it, well, let's talk to Portsmouth City Council. Let's get them on it. Don't, let, let it we, go. Yeah, we're not. Deep yeah. breaths. Let it go. Simon, I'm jumping straight on this. Number 12. Have you always been number 12? No. No? No, no. My number is 14. Because when I started, the 14 was the one left, so I took it and didn't really care. And same with the Fury. Just came with the guys. And I was so glad to be here. I took whatever was available. And I'm really proudly wearing uh, number 12 that's cool stuff yeah and you know what for our listeners um who you know don't know the significance of simon um simon has got to be considered as one of the godfathers there's there's two of them i think um one of two of the godfathers of the actual portsmouth force setup without simon and eman i don't think you get the Portsmouth Force today. So, you know, just really short and we'll go into it, but Simon um, took over the Portsmouth, what became the Portsmouth Force, a bit like Rob's role. Yep. Um, And, you know, did a lot of good work with that. And then when Simon went back to France, Rob took over and it's evolved from there. But... um, That's one of my few regrets for my eight years in Pompey, not meeting Rob earlier. Oh, okay. I met Rob when Ellen started basketball, his daughter, and we already decided to move for family reasons and stuff. But I would have been extremely happy and maybe I wouldn't have moved abroad if I would have met Rob earlier. Wow. Because, um, yeah, yeah, we would have achieved so much more and maybe earlier. Anyway, we we talked about the last Easter when we I came back to visit, but yeah, that's one of my few regrets living in, in Portsmouth and uh, not meeting Rob early. Have you seen a force game yet, Simon? Never. Oh, uh, let us know when you come over. We will get you VIP seats next to us. <laughs> that's not. Is that VIP? Yeah. Oh yep. wow. Yep. Or front row seats somewhere. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know what? There's there, you, one of. Um, 
you know, a, a list of all of Simon's achievements um, for basketball. My favourite one, and I don't know how many people would know this, but Simon is the only person I personally know um, who has been an Olympic torchbearer. So for the London really? Olympic Games, yeah. Simon... <gasps> Carried the torch, the Olympic torch, and he ran through a section of Portsmouth. I remember cheering him on. He got to, he was one of the people who turned up, ran up the Guildhall steps, and he passed him on. At the start, he came at the start of the run with me, waiting for the 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 link is actually the flame, not the torch. So you pass on the flame from one bearer to another, and Tim was there waiting with me for the flame to arrive. And when the fire arrived, you have your 400 meters run, like an Olympic uh, run around the, on the track. And I was really lucky to be the one running from. Uh, oh wow! I what think you you ran from the dockyards. I think it was the dockyards all the way to the Guild Hall, right? My, my I arrived at the Adgid Hall, so it was like seven thousand people packed, and it was you know no cars or nothing, just pedestrian. It was fully packed. But I start at the bottom of the pedestrian street. Uh, what was it called? Um, just next to Guildhall. Guildhall Walk. No, he came from the other way, the, um, like where the uni buildings are, I think. Yes. Well, I, anyway, that's just 400 meters. So it was all pedestrian and closed, and it was really lots and lots of people. Oh, my God. Were and, you just thinking, like, please don't trip? Actually, no. You, you just get, get sucked by the, all the security running around you. So you, you try to follow them. But if you run a bit faster, they run faster. So I actually, I would have loved just walking it to enjoy every little second uh, of it. How amazing is that? That's a bah, Yeah, that is superb. That is a round of applause, actually. Simon Cattell, your Portsmouth Olympic torchbearer. Simon, do you still have the torch? Well, have mine, yeah. Where, where, is, have you, is it like is, is it up on your mantelpiece in your lounge or something like that? Um, have you got it hidden years, away? It was in, in a cupboard, because um, it, it took me time to to value what it represented, because I was feeling just lucky to be selected amongst lots of people doing lots of work for their community, regardless sports association, helping kids up whatever lots of amazing people and i just got lucky to do that uh and i felt like it wasn't it doesn't define you really it, you're not just a bearer i was way more proud of having kids from schools loving basketball at that time sending them to kestrels or sons because we didn't have any basketball program within the city and some of them went to uni got scholarships to america got a job because of basketball and you can be proud of something you've worked for when you see those kids growing up and achieving something. The torch to me was just luck. So for a really long time, it was in a cupboard, not having it on display or anything. But, you know, it took me a bit of time to um, appreciate what it actually represents uh, after a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's in the corner of a room. But um, that's amazing, man! I'll be getting that out to like the barbecue every time. <laughs> it's like Yo, let, actually, me just, let me just get out for you. Uh, so when, when actually they take it away from you, so they turn on the fire. Yeah, flame goes on with another bearer. 
and then I actually break the gas canister. So you actually can't use it anymore. Imagine the, the what Olympic image represents if you light up a cigarette or barbecue. It gives a bad image for the Olympic values. Get one, get one of the uh, flamethrowers from Elon Musk and just stick it on the end like a muzzle. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Can you see what I mean? What what an achievement, oh, what an story. Yeah, I, I, I mean, remember. that answer you gave, the fact that you you know, working with all the kids and doing all that, that's why you were the torch bearer. There's, yeah. no, there's no question. There. Yeah, and that's actually, it took me time to, to realize and accept that that's all the things but uh, one, adding one to another was a TA in school, you know, and doing stuff with the community, different aspects. Everything added, actually, um, the result was to be selected, but uh, the achievement wasn't to be a torchbearer, was never a goal. But when some kids had a job because of basketball and we worked hard for it, then she, actually that kid, you know, because of basketball, she's not the pro player, I say she because I was really involved with girls. We'll talk about it later. But um, lots of girls got four years, four full scholarship in the US, came back with a certificate, got a job because they were good players. They got to that uni. They've had the opportunity to, to learn and now do their job because of basketball. We talked about Faye. It's an example to amount really good exceptional players you have an exception and someone can make a living out of basketball that's the ultimate goal but that's not the only one yeah. you want with the parents we wanted the kids to grow up develop become good people and basketball was a way to achieve that it wasn't necessarily the goal that's some stuff we are really proud of that's a, and that's the same thing with the with the olympic torch bearing that wasn't a goal that's cool that's some something to add but, um... Yeah, I, I mean, I remember taking pictures of you because I took my family and some of the Fury guys. We went to the uh, the, the Guildhall steps, and then you just ran up and it was like, "Wow, he's you know, yeah, he's actually going up the Guildhall steps." So it was, yeah, it was great for us. So it's, it's really blurry. I, I can't tell. There was so many people. I even didn't see my wife. I heard my mum crying, so <laughs> I stopped and, and, and came back uh, to give her a kiss, but I missed my wife lots of friends on the side and it's so packed and and you know oh, it's crazy there's so around. many people there yeah, yeah, yeah. and actually it's just blurry even the memory of it it's just blurry when i see the videos we had from the run and even the the, the top of the guild hold cameras view it's like oh yeah i can't uh, no i can't remember all of those things that's crazy i hope I you're wearing your Fury jersey. Well, I was about to say that the only I think they had you had a special yes, outfit. Had a, Everyone had, had to a, wear the a same thing. We had to wear. Yeah. I guess people would be trying to get sponsors and yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to yeah, say yeah, the yeah, only way that could be better was if in one hand Simon had the Olympic torch and in the other hand he had a huge Portsmouth Fury flag. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have one of them lying around? Huge Portsmouth. No, I'm Fury. just saying that would have been a good idea, wouldn't it? But um, yeah, so I, you know, I, I wanted to bring that up um, because I just thought, you yeah. know, you don't meet many people who have carried the Olympic torch. No. We were 3,000 in the UK. Hold on. Olympics is in France next year. Yeah. You've got to go for the double. You've got to say, hey, look, I carried it in England. You've can got I experience. You've got experience. That counts. Nomination and stuff. So you can write, write letters and nominate people of what the good they did. 
And actually, I thought about doing it to yes. write for yes. some of my friends doing some work here. Not for me, no, no, for, for other people. I think the Portsmouth Basketball Podcast should nominate Simon 100% to do that. Simon, you've got to be on that. We need to do this. You could say I'm a two-time torchbearer. Yeah. Hey, look, look how good I looked There's after that flame the first time. I, you know, I didn't trip. I didn't, I didn't do anything <laughs> indiscreet. That flame was lit. Yeah. It's like, I'll bring the old torch if you want. Just I've got it. Yeah, I just, you don't have to give me a torch. <laughs> oh, Simon, can you take a picture of you and the torch for us? And then when Mark, when Mark does his promo videos, yes. we can have that in there. Yeah, yeah. Only yeah, if you want to. With a ball bouncing on the top. Because that kind of would look like... It is a, it's a massive torch. Force. I know, I but it would kind of look quite... like the Portsmouth well, Force could do. thing. Because it's a ball, and then you've got the Spinnaker Tower there, haven't you? Which is that... Yeah, all right. Well, good luck with that. Um, right, with Simon, I think today we should do this in reverse because, you know, I, I really want to, rather than, because I know we usually start with the older stuff and then work up to it, I think we should do it backwards because the stuff Simon's doing now, um, I don't, where are you, Simon? I don't want to mispronounce it. Yourself of... Southeast of Bordeaux, Longon. Yeah. Longon. So there you are, what, well, I guess, I know your official title is Head of Basketball Operations, but you're effectively GM for all the coaches there, right? Yeah. So what's, what, what is your, like, role there? Because that's kind of where you've got to in your, like, basketball career. Uh, it's my hometown. We grew up with, with my wife here. And um, just coming back here, it's a small town, it's 8,000 people, but um, there's lots of villages around. So um, primary schools are in every single villages, but senior school, high school, uh, college, it's here. So all the kids are around here. So for a small town, we have just under 3,000 kids playing basketball. Oh, wow. 20, wow. 21 teams. Jeez, that's a lot. Uh, and, uh, and, and we are, you know, we're not that big. But uh, the fact of managing people with their professional commitments and helping them, you know, um, with their uh, basketball qualifications, prepping trainings uh, throughout the week, the season, the, the year, um, you know, it's really nice. And uh, having some younger ones wanting to help out coaching and stuff. You know, today was the first day back for the five, six years old. I, I'm still running that one because I love this teaching this age. And I had um, four youngsters, 13 and 14 years old, helping me out. And, you oh, know, that's I good. Love it. So we have 16, 17 kids. I have four helpers. I run I run the, the, the training. I, I would have said run the show because I'm having so much fun. I'm playing with the kids. And the helpers are like a captain of each group and they're running their own squad. And then, you know, but sharing this with youngsters or even parents who are helping out with their children's squad, you know, that's um, what I really like to do. So I'm just, uh, you know, li linking people together, helping them out. And, um, and in, yeah. In terms of the size of the region that you're talking about, Simon, obviously yeah. being that you were here in Portsmouth for a while, you. Uh, comparative to the amount of, you said there's like 3,000 kids that you've got playing there. Like how comparative is the region size to say Portsmouth and the surrounding in areas? A, in our county, like that's one of the things I was really surprised with when, when we moved in, in in Portsmouth. 
in our county, if you have a 14 or 15 year old boy, in a county level, he has six or seven different division level wise, you can enter a squad. And then at the regional level, so between three or four counties around, you have two divisions and then you have the national league. So a 15 year old basically has 10 divisions. You can run a, a basketball squad. And I think that answers your question that you yeah. had a few weeks back about the difference in ability. Exactly, exactly where I was going. There's a lot more. There's a lot more basketball. Yeah, a lot, but a bigger setup. Because we we did one recently, and uh, if you haven't heard it, you got to go listen back on the episode. But we, uh, which one was it with? It was basically me having a moan about. We, we were trying to insult people. We but. were saying that like the basketball played in countries like France is. They're, they're so much better on the international stage than Great Britain, where we're currently 48th. And we 48th. were looking we were looking at the reasons why. And then you just said that and we were like, okay, well. There it is. We, have, we actually have a county co- committee board running the county leagues. So which is a, we, we are a big county. So we have lots of, lots of different levels. But then you have a regional uh, board for the regional leagues and you have the national board for the, the the french federation so but i think what's what you we had like called the saba was the the, the area running a local league and that's what was lacking at even then not maybe for adults but for youngsters an opportunity to to run some basketball at any level so you have a child and you wanted to play basketball at uh its levels it doesn't have to go national league and being crushed but we have to find a way to have like bev gaiman did and we we shared that idea having a, a central venue league and having the people the, the, the people running basketball clubs locally around to meet together and we just play and sometimes you had elder children or youngster ones but the level the, the practice of basketball the way they were playing was even so you were you were having them playing against each other, and you know everyone got better from that. And you know what? Just just on that, I do think some of the stuff that you were you know trying to set up with Bev there that has progressed. Um, it's just not at the level you're talking about in in France. Yeah, because it's been established for years, but um, it has it, it has some issues because I'm dealing with the, with the county leagues and stuff. It has some issues as well. Um, yeah, I mean, you uh, got a lot of responsibility. You know what? I don't know why it's popped in my head. I would be carrying that Olympic torch everywhere I went. I'd be walking into gym. There we go. That, that's it's on my desk. It's on the front of the desk yeah. there. Do you get asked a lot to? Can people see it? Can you take it into the office and work and stuff oh, like that? Just... It's it's not something you bring up, and you know, it's out it's there now. Way. This going it's, out it's, there now. Anyone who listens to this from actually, I should use it maybe just to hammer some people when they're really annoying me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey, you truly be the godfather then. <laughs> I can't wait till someone comes back to Portsmouth and there's a Portsmouth Force game. You can walk in. Oh, that's how you walk oh, in. How you walk in with the flame. Just hold it. <laughs> and Stand then we, in the middle. Yeah, and we we like. That'd be brilliant. That's like an entrance. So, Simon, uh, I'm, uh, um, how long have you been in France now? I can't remember when you left. You, was it? Left in October 2016. 2016. Okay. 
Oh, right. So, you, you know, you've done, to, to be head of basketball operations, you've done, you know, really well. I actually didn't want to coach for four years. I refused coaching. Why is that? Um, I was a bit tired of it. Uh, we changed our lives. We moved in back in France to buy a restaurant. And my wife was a, a French and German teacher in Ferrum. And uh, we changed our lives. We had the girls and we wanted to get back closer to the family. And basketball would have been taking so much of, again, my time and energy and stuff. So I said no every single year and COVID arrived. And um, because of COVID, um, our daughters were not doing sports anymore. And my friend at basketball said, oh, we want to run something outside so we can keep a link with the kids and the families and keep them active and stuff. So I went to help out just and, you know, you put your finger in and then it's your wrist, your <laughs> arm and you're like, and then my daughter off. said, oh, yeah. basketball is really cool because they were not doing basketball at this at that time. And my um, younger daughter, um, <laughs> at this age, they didn't have a team, so they had a gap. So I was like, oh, come on, she wants to play basketball, so I might as well do it. And that's why I'm still coaching the five and six years old. That's um, she was five at that time, and. Uh, that's an amazing year, uh, amazing age when you learn actually what basketball really is. You play and you put a basketball and rules. You have to dribble and you have to, but you still play, you know, any game you want with it, with adding basketball rules in it. And I had so much fun. So I kept this age group uh, regardless her growing up and moving to the, the next team. And yeah, um, been in more and more and more, and that's it. And that's your life now. It, it, you know, yeah, we, we've we've talked about this before. We it have, does take we? over time wise. How much time? You know, we've said just just doing not even just doing a podcast, but when Paul's done all the work for getting the sound up and everything like that, and all the stuff in the background, yeah, and when the coaches and that people don't see that, they just and, see. And even the time when you don't count the time, you think about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You should ask my wife. Yeah, that's way too much time. <laughs> but but you know, it, I, I, on a more serious note, it kept me um, healthy. It kept me in a very good mood because of COVID. The restaurant was closed, uh, and in 2020, 2021, we had lots of uh, health restrictions, so it was really difficult uh, mentally and financially, and having something with interacting with kids kept me you know going quite positive and not being upset with everyone and uh, all the time uh, i wouldn't say it saved me but it kept kept me in a good um, good frame of mind and uh yeah no i can appreciate that i remember came back to to, to my life and to our lives because uh, both of the girls are, are playing basketball now my wife helps out with all the logistic in the club so the four the four of us are fully in oh wow is there a different um appreciation for basketball in france as comparatively to the uk do you find uh, oh, i guess it's just a bigger sport over there isn't it no but you know what i would say uh, I, I, we um because of basketball i've met some amazing people people played basketball before 
No, but like, like people who played basketball before, like you, Paul, and the guys were already there. You know, we were sharing that love for the sport, for basketball and everything. But bringing in some new kids, therefore, some new families in it and trying to create a club because that's what that's what we did we started with and it was not really popular but we were creating opportunities for the kids especially the daughters when we were uh, aiming to have the girls more active and stuff you know the people were fully in we were doing some basketball but we were doing something for their their children so the appreciation actually was to me that's that's even more than what we have in France. It's an established club. It's there. There's lots of leagues and stuff. So for some people, yeah, it's kind of own. You pay your your yearly fees, and that's what you have, and that's fine. We had to create everything in Portsmouth at that time, and we worked really hard. But not just me, not everyone, and the families and, and the journeys for the games. It was quite far, but. We created opportunities for, I would say, our daughters, because yeah. I felt like those girls were like my kids. And the appreciation will go way beyond because even when we came back to visit people for a few days at Easter, you know, now they're 20, 21, they, they were 12 or 13 at that time. You know, they, they, they're young women now, but I'm so happy to see them and, and you know, so proud of them and really glad. Uh, we were able to build something, this relationship with the, the whole families and not just uh, not just the, the kids. Well, you, I mean, you definitely did that. Let's make the jump then. So we, we know where you are now. So let's make that jump back to Portsmouth. So you come into Portsmouth and you join, you know, Eman. And you're, yeah, you're now, Eman and was you're, already there and working really hard, yeah. So he is what I would consider, you and him is the two, what I'd say, the godfathers of Eman started the Portsmouth it, yeah. Force. And then, you know, you came into it and I from what i remember about it is like you really creating a strong um girls presence um and we were all looking at i remember looking like because i was reffing your games then and mm. i was looking at yes. the national league girls going this team is going to be bloody good this team's going to be really good and if you look at some of those players some of those players that you found from school like Faye, now women's yeah. bbl for is it london yeah. lions is it yes um yeah. Like she came from Portsmouth, you found her at school and put a basketball in her hands. Um, some of those other girls went on and played for the Kestrels. Um, yeah, every single year, um, we were sending our talented boys and girls. Iman was more on the boys' side and I was more developing the, the, the girls' side. But sons were having two, three, four out of the ten girls from Portsmouth. Uh, it took us a bit of time to try to build something sustainable to say, right, now let's try to do something. Yeah, stop sending yeah. them down the road. Yeah, but, it, you know, it would have been, a, I wouldn't say it would have, it would have been a mistake, but uh, we were not ready to yeah. support that. And we needed to have uh, the support of the family as well. And, you know, you have to find venues for training, but venues for games and the equipment so it was a big investment uh, at, the, at the beginning and we started with what we started with one team and then they grew up and we followed it up we followed the the girls uh, from under 14 to under 16 and but the young ones who were coming in were able to join an already existing under 14 national program so we we built it one step after another 
and Iman was gone at that time but uh, I started it and then um, Stretch Richard Kinchington was was there the second or the third year and you know it was also a big part of this success because I wouldn't have been able to run everything by myself and uh, you know meeting lots of people and uh, joining in uh, in the project and uh, yeah that was key of this success as well yeah so that I mean that I remember that Portsmouth City because you called it it was Portsmouth City Basketball Club that was the yes. original name right well, that was between you and Mick sort of now wasn't it yes so I was really confused at, um, when I came in Portsmouth because yes Portsmouth Fury Portsmouth Smugglers Portsmouth Navy it was a, 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 a Lithuanian or Latvian uh, group as well so uh, Portsmouth uh, Tres Barriles and, and all those names all those brands I didn't understand how that was possible because in France, how it works, you have a, a, a city club. It represents the city. So um, I went to to Mick Burn for some advice, which uh, quite often did, and it was really helpful every single time. I say, Mick, okay, if I want to run something for the kids and something sustainable from young age all the way to seniors, you know, we need to to have it one way it's branded and actually people can recognize themselves within the club so Portsmouth City basketball is like a big umbrella and all the little clubs underneath were running underneath the umbrella I say right if we want to have it branded it has to be Portsmouth City basketball club and Mickey said that's fine you can use my name and he said okay thanks Mickey and we went for it it was that simple with him you know he liked the idea go for it thanks and you know you weren't competing with him no that's right he's been helpful you weren't competing no i'm not going to compete with mickey <laughs> but you know anytime i had a, a struggle something you know just uh, was able to ask him and say right and i'm stuck with that who do i have to ask he knew he knew everyone anyway he's like, yeah okay thanks mickey and you know, we carried on so some rocks along the way we were able to just you know push it push it away and just uh, carry on um straight to our goal and that stuff that you were doing there how much of those lessons that you learned in the formation have you taken over to france when you've been taking on this role that you're doing now um i had a very european vision of a basketball club to me it was very weird that men and women's team are called different two clubs even if they're alongside each other but not a full identity uh, but you know that's the way it is so I had to do do it this way um, but you know to gather people around a project a common project a goal um, working with Iman um, Matt Birch uh, Mickey um, you know you know to yeah to generate something to create something people are going with the, the this aim this common aim that's some stuff i learned and now i'm quite confident and easygoing saying yeah okay that's how we're going to run the club here we're going to do that 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 because of this and this and this I say oh yeah oh cool okay everyone goes that's it because i think so, the wmba teams they have completely different names too 
they're, they're very WNBA teams that they have in the same cities like the LA Sparks yeah. and the LA Lakers yeah 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 um, yeah I think uh, I can't think of one that is the same um, there isn't because Seattle I watched when I was in Minnesota I sort of got to see the Seattle game and as a massive Seattle fan I was pleased to actually have seen a Seattle team but it was the ladies team it was the Sparks and I'm, I'm just trying to think of a team where they are the same names because it does make sense that they are the same. I mean, I think one of the things we're kind of looking forward to is when the, the women's catch up with the men's. Um, and I, I said this to Mark a few times, it'll be nice when you have the men's fixture. Before that, you have like an under 18s or after it, you have the women's fixture and stuff like that. I mean, it'll be a long day for us. But um, yeah. I think that would be quite quite cool. Um, but again, they would all be Portsmouth Force. Um, well, the Kestrels, certain Kestrels, they're certain Kestrels men, certain Kestrels women's, all the way down. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. So they've got that. What do you call your your kids? You under your national league program? Portsmouth, Portsmouth Force. So it'll be Portsmouth Force so under 16s, yeah. 18s. And actually, the identity, the, the the feeling of being part of um, a club. We are all the same, you know. It's it's a strength. Yeah. Well, in fact, yeah. the, we had that on Port Rob's one, didn't we? When we were talking about the kits, how the kits Tom. going through. Tom. Uh, sorry, Tom. Yeah, yeah. Tom. No, that's what I literally going on. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, about the kits, how the kits go through from the kids right up through. It's so, all, the, all the same kit, isn't it? Yeah. So they, yeah. there's there's the journey, and there's that's where the the kids who are playing there they can aspire to. I'm wearing this jersey, and I've earned the right to wear this jersey. But at the same exactly. time, exactly. And actually, the seniors on the floor are running the same yeah like mine that's something that's that's really funny you talked about this because we had um, a meeting yesterday with um, the sport the um, marketing team and sponsors so we're going to try to rebrand and have some new equipment and stuff and say we have to have one common kit one jersey oh, really? same for everyone from five to seniors yeah you everyone have the that same. identity then exactly that's you know, reinforcing the identity of the club. I don't know why I've, I've just thought of this. Yeah. Why doesn't the Ports for Force take on <laughs> international game? London. Why not? Yeah. You you know you know what we talked about it with Rob at Easter for the we kids. We should do it. You have a trip. Yeah. In two thousand and nine, with Iman Stuart Handyman, we we took some of the boys uh, over to France, and the year after we came back so october 16 so for easter 2017 my girls my girls teams they came to play um tournament in long so we had a big house so we had a massive sleepover for four days at home and um, they played games around in france here but yeah we talked about it with rob um that'd be great the, great experience yeah all absolutely. i like uh, you know the, us coming to France or, or or vice versa um what's what's your the current team what's the team called like ours is the force what's yours we have no brand just the, just the city it's just we're representing the city yeah oh brilliant it's not as branded as um you guys and how far is that stretch is out of interest because I'm just thinking where you got Bordeaux and you have to say I know Beerus much oh, further south obviously we we are half an hour southeast of bordeaux okay so you if if you land in bordeaux's airport i can pick you up in 40 minutes wow game on that's wow. a date 
We should do another <laughs> podcast <laughs> live, live from Bordeaux, internationally. Like, or France. maybe we'll go to the beach and we have a live. Listen, from the... Now we're talking. Now yeah, we're okay. talking. There <laughs> it is. Let's go to the beach. Get some sand on the toes. Lovely. We have the highest sand dune in Europe. Wow. I'm just saying. I'm not bragging, but I'm just saying. Kind of did a little bit. We needed. Have we you need, taken yes. the torch to the top of that sand yes. dune? Because that's what you have to do. And run up like Rocky and get to. That's the photo. We, we took. We actually took the boys in 20, uh, 2009 and the girls in 2017 there. Because that's an amazing sightseeing spot. And um, yeah, they really like it. If that's massive sand dunes, you could go there and say, right, this time we're working out. Here we yep. go. They just got run up it. That's what we got to do. 50 times. It's three, three season workout. Yeah. Up oh. and down and up and down and now you go for a swim to cool down. But that, I mean, that's a nice little segue. We, we've talked briefly about uh, training with Dan and as well we did with Tom. Um, Pre-season, when you've got the juniors, what are you what's the expectations for like training when you're in the off seasons and stuff because we obviously we're coming into the season soon starting here and uh i'm, I'm quite interested to see how some of the the senior teams have uh, kept their fitness up shall we say so what's the expectation when you've got kids when it's sort of like an off season we we're not competing at a really high level we in the county level we in div one div two um, we used to have some regional level when I played uh, as a child, uh, as a teenager, sorry. Um, but um, after COVID, the club was quite impacted. And I, I found that we have now two types of uh, kids, the one who want to just play basketball and you have the ones who really want to compete at basketball and perform. Uh, so we had to have an, an offer actually for, for everyone. So that's why I had to reorganize the, the, the way we were welcoming the families and, and, and their children uh, within the club. Um, we're still growing as a club to perform. We are, for me, far further from um, what you guys expect from your National League teams here. But we have so many kids playing basketball and that the really good ones are going to already established club. So we are in this situation when the same I was in Portsmouth before, like we have some good local league kids, quite a few good ones to play regionals also, but not enough to keep them, to build a team around them and with them to grow up as a, as a club. So you're almost a, a feeder for the rest of all the other clubs in the local area. Um, we're not far from Bordeaux, so the really good ones goes to, they go to a um, special sports school, so they sleep, you know, in their in their school and they, and they train every day. Um, oh, like a proper academy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where yeah, does where does Bordeaux sit in the, the French National League wise? Uh, as, actually, as, as a feeder? actually, not that good. Uh, we have. Um, they play, so we have professional uh, A and B leagues, and then you have national level one, two, three, and Bordeaux is in uh, national two or national one, and national two, I think now, but we have professional teams an hour and a half south, an hour and a half northeast. Uh, we have women's professional A league 40 minutes down south, 
and National 1 in Bordeaux. So not too far, but uh, we have some talented kids around. But because our town isn't, uh, we don't have a uni, we lose those kids because they go to do their study in Bordeaux. So we can develop them as far as under 17 boys or under 18 girls. And if we don't have a really performing sports program for them in seniors, they will study in Bordeaux and find a, um, a team at the same level as in Langon without having to do the journey back to us. So that's the next step for us to keep our young talents coming back to us because of we have a, a performance level uh, uh, as seniors. Because we perform on the county level, we perform quite well. But uh, as seniors, we're losing our talent because we're not a unity, an uni city. Yeah. Um, Simon, just you, you, you said sons a few times. Um, just for anyone who doesn't know what you mean by that, you're talking about the Solent Sons, and this yes. was the the girls setup. So this the would have been program, yeah. the original Solent Kestrels girls. Yes, Kestrels women were, were separated with men. And yeah, were Solent Sons and Solent Kestrels for the boys. And you were you were head coach for the National League under 16s and under 18s, weren't you? Yeah. Uh, after I moved in Portsmouth, I was with Ben Stanley at Portsmouth Uni and that's how I met CJ Lee and was a head coach for the women's program there and Michael Ball left um, and uh, so they needed someone else and I went for it and I've uh, spent three years with CJ with a assisting coach as a senior and um, later I took on the under 16s team and then the under 18s women program that was really good you know it was the proper example to have talented kids performing but actually i have to say in my squads we had pompy girls because the, the the girls already were playing basketball when i arrived we were able to we were sending them to to southampton for the suns so a third of the squad almost uh, also were were from portsmouth and um, after a while and working in school and finding talented kids, um, we said, right, if we keep those kids around, we'll be able to build something. And uh, that's, that's how we started, having uh, enough to do the journey Portsmouth to Southampton, but also having so many talents in Portsmouth was sort of a waste because they were, you know, yeah. really well welcome and taken care of uh, in, um, in sense, orchestrals. But we were able to have something in Portsmouth with our kids and you know competing against them would you know it would have been better for everyone anyway because everyone would have been would have to work harder to win so when you were doing the Solent Sons was that also when you were going around and teaching in all the schools as well was that the same yeah. time I was doing yeah I was doing the, the work in schools uh, for so Matt Birch was there Matt yeah Matt Campbell Birch there. I remember him yeah yeah um, you know, so there was, was some private fundings and stuff. So the, those people helped us a lot. Actually, yeah, Matt did help. He was really involved, oh, actually, wasn't Matt, he? Matt was, yeah. Matt was a big part. Matt was a big part of uh, basketball uh, within the city, um, helping out to find some funding. So we were able to run some activities with the kids. And uh, the idea was to create like after-school clubs and uh, schools league. So getting the kids to play more and more and more basketball, and 
the goal was to get them to join the local club in Portsmouth. And uh, at, at the same time, I was doing uh, some coaching with the Suns. And uh, after a while, I said, right, now we have enough kids in Portsmouth to really start something up. So with the younger ones, I said, right, if we start with this age group, from here, every single year, I'll be, I'll be able to feed X amounts of kids to the club. Uh, and um, yeah, my last year, working around in the school after the Olympics, all funding were cut and uh, we, we had some relationship with some schools where we were able to do some after school clubs, the, some schools paid for it, so it kept on going for a little bit. Um, but my last year I had a, throughout the year I was visiting over 20 primary schools, uh, the senior schools I had seven or eight schools. Um, and we had Portsmouth College, Havant College, we were coaching, and Portsmouth Uni, of course. And Stuart was in Chichester Uni. We, we were, you know, we were in lots of different places to have to follow up the talents and to bring them back to our clubs. So they were not going away. We were able to just send them back here and keep them together to try to compete. And, uh, and you found some some talent, didn't you? You found yeah. some really good players. I mean, yeah. I know off off the air we were talking about, you know, Faye. Yeah, yeah. Faye was in year three, I think. So we have this. She was way too young because I was doing some basketball for year five, uh, and uh, she really wanted to play. So don't say no. Just come along and play. And when we started basketball, she, I think she was two years younger. And when we started the national and the fourteens. She was 11 or 12, I can't remember. But uh, yeah, she was always underage anyway, competing with the other ones. Um, and uh, yeah, but she just wanted it. She was like a sponge and just you, you teach and she learns. But lots of girls, you know, because of basketball, were able to, you know, like I said, have some scholarships and go to nice universities and learn a job. And that's because of basketball. And I'm as proud of those girls uh, to be a part of their journey as well. What makes someone stand out for you, Simon? When you say you look for people when you're scouting, obviously you had a lot of time doing this and going into schools and looking children across a very different age groups. What? what are there things that are very consistent throughout the age groups that you say that stands out as a good player? The attitude. If they pay attention, you know, if they listen, if they try, regardless, not being scared of failing, you know, the attitude to be calm and, and think about it. And um, yeah, you don't need to be loud to show off. You don't need to. Uh... So you always, you know, you always will have some children who will be really good at their age. They, 12, 14, but you know, you'll be a really good 14 year old basketball kid. Full stop. You grow up and you won't be as good as 15 or 16. And and then you'll be like anyone playing basketball when you're in your 20s. Like I'm trying to say to the, the kids, like the difference between a, a good player and a really good player, it's what you do when you fail. Yeah. I missed. If I fail, what do I do? What did I do to fail? And what do I do to change it? Full stop. 
past and jokes. really good ones really good ones are the ones who after when they fail they try to fix it yeah and then that's just just the attitude i don't know if it's last dance but it's jordan isn't it he says someone says oh you made all these shots and he said yeah and i, I missed 9700 or whatever it is and he quotes or how many he missed at a certain distance and he's like yeah I've missed all of those as well. Like, yeah, I hear that. you remember the one you that you score, but yeah, like people don't think about the amount of time you practice. All the kids now, oh, I want to play games. Oh, they want to be a pro player. Just go for left and layup first, and we'll see <laughs> after that. You know, and they say, yeah, but I'm not making the squad this year. You, you don't listen. You, you, you can't. You, you want. Yeah, unless no, you can play basketball and you do um, a basketball fun session with them, but uh, if they want to perform, that's not the kids uh, you want to. It's the attitude, isn't it? Right attitude. Yeah, the, the the right attitude. Yeah. Um, the quote you're talking about, uh, the Jordan quote, it was, um, I think he says, "I've missed nine thousand shots. I've failed in my life over and over and over again. That is why I succeed." That's the quote. Yeah. <clears throat> it's 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 right. It's right. Yeah. It's just that whole attitude and uh i mean that's a life quote isn't it yeah. uh, it's not just a basketball quote that's that's something well, that's you what training is life. for the yeah. kids think training is to get better training is to fail to experience failing because if it was easy everyone would play in the nba so no one would watch it because who cares everyone can do it everyone watch it because it's hard because they've been failing and trying hard their whole life so training is about of course it's about getting better and improving but it's about to learn how to fail and how to fix it. Yeah, it's, uh, and being part of something, like you said. It's, sorry. It, it, and being part of something, being part of yeah. a team. It's yeah, yeah, it, yeah. You know, if you're having a bad day, you go, "I'm still got to go out and do this because I'm right alongside my brothers or my sisters, and we're yeah. going out there as a team. It's not just about yeah. me today. Yeah. It's about all of us." And or you play tennis. You want to be like yourself? You play tennis. <laughs> tennis, yeah, or wall. No thanks. No, you know what? There's, there was a kid the other day, and I was talking to him a similar subject, and the analogy I came up with was an iceberg, and then you've got um, above sea level is everything that you see of the iceberg, but below sea level that is all the That's hard it. work, all the you know shots you put up and that bit that's underneath sea level is a lot bigger than that little small bit that you see at the top mm -hmm. um yeah oh, that's good when, when, analogy. When, when someone does something there was a guitarist who once said what they see when i make it look easy what the easy bit is my ten thousand hours that i've put in to doing that so yeah that easiness is 10,000 hours of playing mm. <laughs> and, and then you think yeah it is it's just practice 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 and yeah you see those guys are consistency. training shooting and scoring every single time but they're still missing games well I mean practice doesn't do it all but it makes you making sure the mechanics is there so when you're tired you're in the pressure or whatever it goes like you don't think about it it's muscle memories and stuff you don't yeah. throw the ball and it magically goes in so Simon, let's let's talk about Iman. Please, yes. Because that's that's he had like like what I've said before, he he was like the other godfather is how yeah. how I I describe it to people. So he was doing all that more with the boys mm. and then you got involved with him, didn't you? Yeah. So how did you how did you get into with Iman? 
<laughs> luck. Okay. Um, we were we were living in in Dublin uh, the year before I moved in in Portsmouth, and uh, the UK was actually lack of te- teachers, and um, they were offering scholarships for people to be language teachers. So we said, right. My wife was a um, French assistant in Glasgow. We, she did a degree in Swansea in Wales, and we were living in Dublin. So we said, right, let's move to England. And um, so she said, right, so what do you want to do? Say, I'll follow you anyway. I was still learning the language at that time. I was speaking English for just, uh, just under a year. And uh, she said, why don't you try to find a basketball team you can help out and work? So I went on the England basketball website and uh, I looked at the teams and I was just clicking one after another if they had an email contact. And I sent just um, just a resume. So that's what I did for years in France. That's what I did in Dublin the past year. Are you interested to find, you know, for anything? And I sent, I don't know, just under... Uh, 10 emails or something not, not all the website wasn't really helpful because it was just the england basketball website but some of the clubs where you pressed on it and it was linked to the club's website and uh, i don't know how it was the, i think it obviously was the portsmouth smugglers at that time and the email went to matt birch or three man and uh, so out of my yeah 10 or 12 emails i sent i had um an offer from Manchester, Leeds and Sheffield. So there was either to coach, to play or to ref. But in Portsmouth, they would say, oh, we were looking for coaches to develop basketball in school and stuff. Say, oh, that could be nice to do lots of different stuff. So we decided to fly from Dublin to Southampton. And uh, my wife sent an application for Portsmouth Uni. And uh, (laughs) that was a crazy day. On, uh, I remember that was done um, 1st of September and she had an appointment with Portsmouth Uni and I had an appointment with Matt Birch Eman and I think Madeleine Campbell was there as well. Not sure. Anyway, she goes to Uni, I go to, I think it was the 10th hall in South Sea or, or somewhere. We met for a coffee and uh, we chat about what do we think about basketball how to develop what i've done and you know like an interview stuff we click we click really quickly with iman and um, when my wife my girlfriend at that time she calls me and says, i'm really sorry to bother you but actually i'm offered the full scholarship so what do i do i'm like all right so i tell iman uh, my wife my girlfriend has a full scholarship i say right you can tell her you have a job too <laughs> okay right okay <laughs> Uh, say yes, please. Say yes. So, so we we kept on on chatting and stuff, but we had no place, you know, no no um, English phone, no place to live, no bank account, nothing. So hey, right, we fly back to Dublin, we pack the van, and we we cross the the Irish Sea, and we arrived on uh, the tenth or eleventh of September, and I was starting on the fourteenth, and she was starting on the sixteenth. But we didn't fill any forms because we had no place to sleep. We we had um, some um, visits to do in flats in the evening and stuff. So we were really in a rush to start our new life in Portsmouth at that time. But that's how it happened. We just spoke about what can we do to improve basketball. And, and it's like, 
oh yeah we can do that oh i can do this and that's how i would do it and yes 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 okay let's go for it and they just threw me in with the kids the following week and loved it ever since wow. amazing amazing and you know what I, i've saved the best till last simon i've saved the best to last is was Eman playing for the Ports of Fury then? Is that how you got into it? I can't I can't remember when you uh, turned up for the Fury. Eman was playing for the Smugglers with Mickey. You what? were playing for the Smugglers at that time as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I pretty much played Fury and Smugglers until Fury so game did one, and then. And i don't know why i turned up with the fury iman was doing it as well you must have turned up to fratton at some point yes oh yeah absolutely i loved it that was so just crazy we crazy had, love. we had a couple of good seasons when you were there didn't we yes yeah yeah we won if two and i think we would I th this i'm trying to remember the year now but i think we yeah we won div two we went undefeated and did the double 2007 and then I wasn't there, so I arrived in twenty uh, in two thousand eight. So if I played the first year straight away, that's two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, so I think we got to Div One. I'm fairly sure. That's, I, I was here when we were won Div Two and moved up to Div One. Yeah, I was going to say, and that's you were playing when we lost to the Kestrels by one point. Yeah, I think we had we turned up. We had six players. And you know what, Mark? I don't know if you remember these days. That was season 2008-2009. Oh, there you go. Ah, oh, I can see the picture. Yeah, that was a great picture. Yeah, it was a good team. That was an amazing team, but and because of amazing people. Yeah, E-Man was playing for us in those days. Craig Dawson, um, Portsmouth yeah. Force. That's Danny. Danny as well. Is that Danny bottom left? Lawrence. Danny? No. Sorry. I'm Tolu was so. there. That's Steve Ware still playing? Yep. Yeah. Um, was there. Lawrence Rowe. Larry. Lawrence yeah. Rowe, great player. Um, yeah. I mean, I, what I do remember, we had a great team. Then we went in Div 1 and we like lost the whole team. Like, And we were playing most games with like six players. Yeah, the following year, we, yeah. we got some guys from National League coming down to local league with us. But it was tougher. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I remember that season as well because we we worked really we finished, hard. No, I have it. We finished fifth in Div 1. Yeah, we worked. But that's that's when Div 1, you had like 10, 12 teams rather than the five you have now. But I remember we worked really hard in the off season thinking we want to win Div 1. That's what we really wanted to do. And we went undefeated in our first three games. And one of those games was against Bournemouth Bears, which was one of the big teams to beat. It was Bears and Smugglers we needed to beat. And um, we beat the Bears. And as once we beat them, all the teams were looking like, wow, okay, they're, they, they're a contender. And then for some reason, we lost half our team, lost to bottom of the league. <laughs> like the next week and we we're like all right that's our run over and we were turning up to games with like literally five six players and yeah, it's um, yeah something broke with the the, the, yeah. the atmosphere the the enthusiasm the link between the guys yeah i think we just think... lost some key players for whatever reason and then um and it went from there you know i remember one game we turned up and um 
I'm not, I think you might have gone, Simon. I don't think you were here for this one, but it was close to you being in the Fury. And I remember we turned around and said, there's a player who plays for the Fury called, T or used to, called Tim Arnold. Um, you remember Tim, don't you, Simon? Yeah, Tim, yeah. So for those who don't know Tim, I'm sure you do. You'll see him. He'll be at all the Ports of Force games. Um, he's a little shorter than the average. Vertically challenged. <laughs> we turned around and we had like five players and we thought we, we didn't care. We got five players. We don't care. Um, and we went, no one is allowed to shoot until Tim scores. And the torch. Um, oh, there's the torch. It's the picture of the torch of Timmy. Simon showing us that a torch picture is almost of, as big as Tim. of uh, Tim and, <laughs> and himself with the torch. The torch is as big as Tim. So we turned around and said as a team, we're not we're not going to score. We're not. No one's allowed to shoot until Tim scores. Yeah, that, I was there. I think we were losing thirty nil or something, thirty nothing, and we were all getting Tim the ball, and he was, he was just passing it, no interest in shooting. And then after what I think we were about three minutes left in the first quarter, we just thought, oh screw it, he's not going to shoot. We'll just start playing. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was a great game. <laughs> I think we only lost by That's two in the end. We should have tried from the start. But um, yeah. So what 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 your fury members me members fu your fury memories, Simon? Um, obviously the people, the people who were part of that team, you know, just great people. Um, I think the one thing I would say about the fury, which you, I haven't seen it in other teams myself around Portsmouth, is. Um, I know it's really cliche when people say family, but it is the one yeah. team that is very social. Like yeah, we yeah, used to all yeah. all go out, all go around, see each other like all the time. Every other day, we were playing basketball, or doing something, and it was. Um, but even uh, with the family, not unit. just the players. You know, we have wife, some of uh, wives and kids already at that time. But if, you know, you, you mentioned your your mum uh, earlier. But yeah, your parents came to games and stuff. So yeah. it was really a family team. And that's what that's that's the way I felt being part of that Fury family. Um, but yeah, memories like, you know, after some games you were hiding stuff in the changing room. And what, what me? The, the, no, me, but oh, the, the journey back from some games were uh, very um, animated back in the car. Yeah. <laughs> They always, I always like the away games. They're the fun ones. Even National League, I enjoyed the away games. We're, we're trying not to talk about cars or traffic tonight, Simon. No, we're not yeah. T-word. I didn't say traffic. You did, Mark. I'm just saying, I, we just want to, I don't want to talk about automobiles and cars. I, he's lucid. I feel he, I've he, calmed he down. Simon's yeah, voice has calmed me. He was getting lucid. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I mean, that is, I, you know what? You're talking about girls' night out and stuff like that. I, I, I think it still happens every now and then. There's a Fury Wags night out. <laughs> um, so, but um, and any time there was a fury thing, I, I remember my wife um, used to always say, you know, are, are wags allowed? And it's like, yep, yeah, wags are allowed. Wags are allowed. <laughs> Simon, I've got to ask. Yes. French players in the NBA. Yes. Who is number one? Wow. Today or. Uh, historically, I'd say. Well, your, your, say your personal favorite. Yeah, your personal favorite. I think Tony Parker, like, has been showing up that actually we talked about Tim. So being vertically challenged isn't an issue. Nah. 
Okay. Talent is talent. Um, I think you guys, we talked with Mark earlier about this. I think you guys aren't ready for Wemby. Yeah, he's, he's going to... I've seen him, I've seen him um, uh, for real warming up and stuff. He's not just the size, he's above everyone. Technically smooth. Um, do you think he's going to do well? If he's healthy, he's going to... That's something different. Okay. Really. I, I think what was interesting, what you, you said before as well, Simon, was that that he has been playing in the seniors for a yeah. while. So a lot of people are looking at Wemby thinking, oh, he's he's tall, but he's young and he's going to get pushed around. It's like he has been playing with the seniors. He played seniors for quite a while. basketball for three years, at least three years. Yeah. And uh, he played the uh, Euro Cup, played for France. Uh, so no EuroLeague players or NBA players for the qualifying round and stuff. But he still played international basketball senior level. And he destroyed them. Very smooth, not showing off. And even here, after we, the, like I said, after the priest, the first two games with the Spurs, you say, right now I'm done, and I'm I'm stopping the media for a while. I think it has been a big, you know, noise around. Lots of commitments he had to 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 respond for the media. Yeah. Uh, and we said with Mark, if he stays healthy, that's going to be a big, big, big thing. Really, yeah. on, on the Spurs, the the I won't say the atypical Euro team, but the Spurs have loved the European players over the yeah. years. Yeah, it's a small market. He's going to be well protected. Maybe it's better for him, even if I think I agree with Mark. It's not maybe the best team he could have landed, but to improve, to pro, to learn the NBA, the rhythm, the the frequency of games and stuff, he will be well protected there. As long Maybe as he more than turn out like Ruby, like Rudy. We don't. We don't need another Rudy Jobert. Don't need another player like that. Well, I, th I think he's probably upset he didn't get, you know, sent to the Orlando Magic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I probably is. is upset about. You know, <laughs> I think that's probably you know where most NBA players you know aspire to. Yeah, absolutely. Going to the one of the smallest markets possible. No. One of the you mean one of the greatest the NBA teams, Mark, of all time. Um, so the only thing I do think about about him was, you know, he got to the Spurs and they had that training session where he came out and he was like shooting on the court for the first time. He had all the cameras there, mm. and I remember watching it going, "Why have you got all these cameras here?" You know, like, and it was he started shooting. It was like brick, brick brick and his first like 10 shots were all bricks and I'm thinking why it, it felt do you know when like Real Madrid get a new major signing yeah and they go in on on the on the pitch and do keepy uppies I'm always looking thinking yeah what are you doing I'm not, they'll fail, do like keepy uppies and if they make one mistake with the keepy uppies it's yeah. like oh he's terrible I, you know, and you what? know what? I, just... I think he doesn't care he is I think he's well protected and the family and people around he will be interviews for years now he's been prepped for that he's, he's been preparing for that moment to be in the NBA been, that was his goal that's not the ultimate goal but uh, so far he's been achieving everything he, he targeted and uh, I hope for him but uh, he carries on I mean, if you, you think, I think of... it, does, it doesn't care you think the, of a French media. team now, though, FIBA-wise, 
the French team have got some. Oh, don't get me started on this. Seriously strong oh, players, man. but yeah, uh, I'm just saying, just you know, Evan Fournier, for example, it's a great guy when he's on, but when he's not on. He's... Where, where, how did um, uh, France do in the? Uh... Uh, I was thinking about coming out of retirement to play. <laughs> Seriously, that was that bad. I had to say it, Simon. I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, we're GB. We didn't even make the cut, so don't worry about it. No, Just, but, but... It, some teams, you know, they were seeing themselves a bit too shiny. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not. You know what? I'm quite glad they got a good kick. You know where, where we're supposed to have one sometimes. But even the US, you know, very poor tactically. Coaching staff didn't actually shift the game around by taking a timeout and changing the the defense. Or, they had been really poor. It was, you know, some really good coaches on the bench and it just sat here with a really nice Team USA outfit. They crossed their arms and waited for the World Cup to, to go through. That was poor. But Germany, you know, uh, Latvia, um, even Canada, you know, tactically they made some, some changes. They've tried some, some stuff. Sometimes it didn't work, but at least, you know, coaching staff was uh, tactically trying stuff and working. France was really poor, didn't do anything to change some games, uh, so, so did the US. So, you know what? They don't deserve any medals, so that's okay. fair. Wow. I mean, I'm looking at... Stern but fair, the godfather the, of Ports of Force. The world rankings, just looking at FIBA here, it's still showing that France are fifth in the world rankings. Yeah, I think they haven't lost enough to drop down, but, but that was poor. But we were saying... Poor basketball. We were saying that they're probably out of the top... 12 nine of them were european teams and that's what we felt was so sad from a uk perspective and growing up and seeing all those things was that it's like why is the uk and the gb just not it went 48th well, i think when it was just we're talking now and we're understanding there's yeah, this infrastructure massive infrastructure which you know you know what you you have a venue you have to pay for it yeah uh, right so when you do your fun and fundamental session, yeah, you ask for three quid the session, so he pays for the venue. In France, actually, the infrastructure it belongs to the city council, so you represent the city, so you're a city club, so we'll, they'll lend you the sports hall, and we don't pay any fees. <laughs> Did you know that? I knew, but Simon had told me this before, so I knew it. Uh, did you know this? No. So you don't pay court fees? No, we don't. <laughs> What about the refs? So you pay for? No, yeah, you'll you'll pay refs, right? We 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 don't have to have official refs up to a certain level. But yeah, <laughs> then you pay for the refs. So you, you don't have to do the race around to find. Uh, can we have a ref no. tonight? Because but just court fees alone. Imagine how much training. Um, the time. Like with the all cost. the different teams. Yeah, that's significant. Yes. And when you get someone who, you know, will, you know donate i guess that time that yeah. is so significant to a club what about but players that's fees? that's the french culture i just said there you go yeah that's, you're that's... representing um oh i don't want to say you know what? we even have money every every year from the council to run the club because we get children to sports and they represent the city so there's an amount of the money from the city council for every single association so if it's sports cultural or whatever music stuff and everyone has a bit of money uh, to run yeah, the club you don't get that in England. you don't get that in England. no, no I mean, I mean, firstly that's fantastic there's a lot more money coming in that's... Well, that's, what, that's why we had to get creative with Iman 
and then with with the other people to to get those people in so having some some work done or time to generate money for the club so it could be a bit less expensive for the families to join the basketball club and you know you have the traveling and all that stuff yeah so i just tying in nicely with that i read something today about um one of the bbl teams in the uk the bristol flyers and firstly they're going to be in this northern europe league uh okay yeah there's apparently there's like 15 teams that do some sort of rotation um there's a couple of teams from the uk and then some other teams but it's north and east europe that's it's this weird little league so it's going to be like no belgium what's netherlands Oh, I don't know. I, I, I saw the list, but there's it's like 15 teams. I'll send you the list. It's weird that I was like, oh, never heard of that. Like but they're doing in, in rugby when you have the Scottish teams and uh, Irish teams. Well, it was started in 2021, which I thought was quite interesting because obviously, like you were saying about with the pandemic, and we've talked about the pandemic before, how a lot of people got their love back for the sport or they actually realized how much, how important it is yes. to themselves and you know, mentally and everything. And so I think it's in 2021, this kicked off and it was in juniors, but they actually did it for seniors and it started off with various teams and now they, they it's growing sort of each year. Um, but what was interesting was that they said the, the Bristol team that are going, they've just had a stadium ticked off that they're going to be building oh. a stadium next to the football team. So I've, I'd imagine the person who owns the football team has interest, which is obviously a similar parallel with uh, Portsmouth historically because the person owning the football team owns that and basically their stadium is going to be 3600 seater stadium wow they're copying everything that i've said on this podcast (laughs) they just i i think they've been listening to us over the last couple of months and going boom just do it yeah do it 100 bristol flyers podcast give us a call tell us all about it oh god mark they got a bristol flyers podcast yep it's not it's not like us but wow. i'm just saying you know they, they're copying everything we're doing wow well, it it's just, nice to it's nice to know we're setting the tone for the bbl hang on while we while we're on this you have kindly said that it once you win the euro millions yeah you're going to actually build a stadium yeah so the bristol flyers will be able to see you know what my vision was would you want to take that vision international and help simon yeah why not well, when I when I win the Euro Million, I'll be the one in Longo and I'll build one in Portsmouth. There you go. And there hey, we go. We got an agreement That's now. Two feet in the camps of getting something done. We got an agreement. I'll do yes. I'll do one in England, one in France. Simon will do the same. There we go. Look at that. You, you the know, odds you have know, just doubled. For, for you know, you guys are you know really good at uh, with football and stuff. He represents a lot of money and millions, and you know the the way go through that it's maybe to get back to closer to Portsmouth football club because for them if it's you know i would say ten thousand pounds it's not much but it will represent a lot of money for the basketball to run something yeah and if it's a facility if it's events and if it's tough you know being branded as a multi-sports club like you know they have real madrid or barcelona and they have a, a football section a basketball section and lots of different sports Maybe that's the way to go, to 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 grow up, and to get even bigger, because to them, basketball doesn't represent much and it doesn't represent a lot of money, 
this little amount of money for them is a huge amount of money for basketball. Yeah, yeah. that, that would make develop. a massive difference. And, and, and those teams, incidentally, some of those ones have been, um, I won't say in lower leagues, but works their way up. Some of them, like the, some of the London teams have been established for decades. So there's money, There's there's been a place, it's been a little hub. But when you see other these other teams, you think it's quite interesting. I, was, I, I thought... Um, you know, if anyone from Bristol hears it, give us a shout out. We'd love to chat about it because I think their history is fascinating. They molded some hey, teams what, together. What about we uh, we could approach them about doing a joint Ports for Force, obviously it's going to be first, slash Bristol Flyers joint podcast. Yeah, so we're going to put the Division 3 team first ahead of a BBL team. Yes, great. I'm sure they well, go for hey, that. Hey, Easy. they <laughs> haven't got Simon Olin Perkun. okay? That's the fact. Fact. That is very true. They haven't got Alex Grant. Fact. Very true. Patrick Elaguase. Fact. They haven't got stunning commentators. Fact. Exactly. Boom. How are, just uh, quickly, Simon, we've yeah. had you for ages. We've got a few couple of last questions, but one thing I want to ask, the courts that you just talked about, like the municipal courts and yeah. everything like that, what's the standard of the, the courts and everything? like? You don't have badminton lines on there ever, as well, do you? That's pet hate. We, we have, it's not only basketball because the school are using it during daytime and we have it from okay. 5.30 p.m. to 10 p.m. every day. Wow. That's really Every good. day? Yeah. But we have three sports all to train. <sighs> that is... What, are they like next to each other? Or different yeah, locations? Yeah, three, four hundred yards away from each other. Oh, okay. That's, that's, the, that's fantastic. The sports hall and we have the two senior schools uh, sports halls. I mean, you just—it's just right there, isn't it? The, the foundations are there to make it accessible. So then, the kids can... actually stay in their school to get to practice. And oh, the other man. one from the other senior school, they just walk. What else do people need to see there to, we go. to, we need to we encourage we kids? Kids around because senior schools and college, we are the only one within the area. So we have all those kids around here. So we want to keep them here. We close the door. We keep them in. But uh, yeah, and we, do you know what? We don't have enough facility. Uh, I'm struggling with the, with the schedule uh, to fit 3,000 kids, yeah. Yeah, I bet. I'm, just, I'm not surprised. That, I mean, that's the model. That's, that's where we want to get to. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Get even close to that, a snippet of that. Definitely. Well, Mark, Simon, we've got to ask you, these questions. You've you got your normal questions. I've got to ask them. To end the show. So you've got one shot. It can be any shot. It could be an inbounded three. It could be an inbound to a dunk, whatever it is. Who you? Who is taking that shot? Yeah, Michael will have to take it. Yeah? MJ. Yeah. What What shot? Are you saying any shot? Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, you just have to be a killer. I think he's the ultimate one. So that's for him. I mean, he's pretty much set that standard, isn't he? Why haven't you done the board yet, Mark? You're going to update this. There's I'm, no I'm board. I'm working there. on it. I'm working on the board. That is, there's, I, I had, I've got some off-air stuff I want to tell you first because that might change what we do with the board. Okay. On to the second question, Simon. So, you get. Can we ask him the coach question? Because he is. Yeah. An, a, an old Portsmouth. No, it's, it's the coach. Two, it's the two-part. Yeah. So the first one is you get the five. Mm. You got to have your starting five, and you get a sixth man you got to pick them. And then the second part of this is you then have to pick the coach. Who's the coach for that team? Right. So, 
I am available if, if required. Yeah, I know. I know. He's desperate to put a suit on and jump out somewhere. <laughs> uh, hang on, because I thought about it. I mean, just going through MJ is very prevalent, isn't he? Taking that but actually, shot. No, I think it's going to be so annoying to cut, so I won't pick him. Because I would like, I would love to have players able to play with each other. That is my problem having... with my players. So <laughs> I think I have magic. Magic. Ooh. Yeah, I have magic. How many did he get? Four, five. Mm. Five. Um, definitely, he's definitely four or five. Yeah. I have LeBron and Larry Bird. Bird. Damn. Second time at LeBron and Larry. And I have Tim Duncan and Shaquille O'Neal inside. Sorry, was that Shaq and Tim Duncan? Duncan. Damn, that's a huge team. Hang on. Quite high. Hang on a second. You've got Magic, LeBron, Larry Bird, Shaq, and Tim Duncan. You haven't got MJ in your in your five. No. No. He's too tired after taking the shot. Yeah. <laughs> Who's coming off the pine? Who's who is it? Who's the pine warmer? <laughs> God. Mm. I'm a Warriors fan. I'm gonna take Steph Curry. Oh interesting. See, I always think put MJ on the bench. Because can you imagine how Yeah, ang- you need him to take the last shot. That's true. You no, 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 to- no, just to see how angry he would be. <laughs> but you go, but he, he'll be walking out and you're like, on the bench, mate. And then he would be sat there seething. And the second he got on the court, he'd just destroy everyone. Wow. That's a big team. Magic, yeah. LeBron, Bird, Shaq, and Duncan. Small ball, we, we might be in trouble, but I think we can score every single offense. That's that's a ridiculously large thing. And that's people who are able to pass the ball to each other. So that's a team sport. So I'm sorry for Kobe and Michael. Not one yeah. European player there. Just saying. And who who's going to control them all? Who's the coach? Who's going to control that team? Is it going to be Simon Coutel? Nah. Oh... These are really hard questions, you know. I know they are. That's why it's always good. To, yeah, just... and everyone, you know, <laughs> will have a different answer, and you can't say they're wrong anyway because everyone's right. Um, I guess the thing is with the coach, it's tough because when you get to that level, you're talking about you having Steph Curry sitting on the bench mm. and, and Magic, LeBron, and Bird and stuff. You're not coaching them as in strategy necessarily, yeah, but... are you? You, know, you have you have the coaches who have won so many so many things having superstars like phil jackson had kobe and michael and and it's you just managing egos if you want to have them to play like really good basketball with each other i really we, we talk with mark about it we really like what um sportstra does yeah. um because a, a younger Man. coach uh, nowadays so um because uh, I don't know the the elder ones, but um, you know, Mike Mallon uh, did uh, with Denver, getting them to play really well. Miami, 
you know, the way they play the guys. Um, Mike Brown from the Kings, you know, it's kind of a philosophy sharing the ball and all everyone, everyone is almost at the same level because they're just part of the team. Uh, I kind of like this um, philosophy uh, as a coach. So, sorry, who, who are you, so who are you going for there? Eric Spolarasta. Yeah, Spolstra. Okay, nice. Wow. Yeah, he's one of the most decorated, isn't he? He's got the, some of the most playoff games, I think it is, won. Oh, does he? Yeah, he's like third or fourth on the all-time list of playoff games won or something. Okay. Just think how long he's been there. Just trying to think who else would be there. You go, Bill Russell would be up there, I guess, with six. Phil Jackson. Uh, the Lakers record might bring him down. But, I mean, he's got, what, nine? Um, he was two-time NBA champion, two-time all-star head coach, top 15 coaches in NBA history. But if you want a European one, we'd take the European uh, coach's godfather, we'd take Sasha Obradovic. That's go. a crazy Ooh. one. Yeah. Well, let's get to that last part of the show. Simon, are you, who's yes. gonna, someone's going to shoot a shot for you. Are you going to do this? I'm not. Oh, I no. I would be Simon, doing, I will I'm, shoot a shot for you. Just to let you know, I, I did this on the one of the last, one of the more recent shows, and I got three out of three. It wasn't confirmed, but I got three out of three. Okay, so that's who you got to shoot. You say that now, and that's now you're going to miss it. Mark, you got to commentate out. I was about to say, I think I was I was worried that I would do him, it would do him a disservice, but I saw the last shots that you threw up and. That would definitely do him a disturbance. You have to turn the camera because I can't see the shots. Oh, oh he's going to. Oh, he wants to see the shots, Paul. Yes, please. He's not. He's not he wants to see the shot. There he is. There yes, he so is. I can see, Paul. Where's the basket? The basket. Uh, uh, we can't do the basket. The basket is just it's behind this. It's literally just behind here. I can't here. even see the <laughs> No. The basket's behind there. He's hitting bricks. He is, this, yes, I can see that. <laughs> It's just bouncing all around. It's 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 embarrassing. I've got a cable plugged in, so I can't move it. But I can assure you. Oh, that was that was about yeah. two foot out from the ring. Seeing Paul's face, I can I can tell that's uh, that's not in. Yeah, it's pretty regular. I mean, obviously, you know, he will be suiting up. Simon, that for, was for that team that you wanted, Simon. It was not out of three, un unconfirmed though. Unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. Well, when Simon makes this surprise visit one day, you can bring him just to sh take the shot. That's it. That's all you're going to do. You're just going to come down. So I've got to go to Portsmouth. Doesn't matter where you're going in the country. You've got to come down to Portsmouth. Just got to take my shots. Three shots and I'm out. <laughs> wow. Simon, thank you for joining us all thank the way. Thank you so much for having me. From Francois. That was terrible. What? <laughs> what? Just butchering. Was it French? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Je parle un peu de français. That's good, yeah. Boom. Je parle un peu français. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Simon, for joining Simon, us. that has been absolutely brilliant. Um, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for waiting for us. And, uh, That's okay. Yeah, I think we've got some more guests coming up. Haven't we, Paul? Ooh. Yeah. We spoilers do. Um, we can't do spoilers because we did okay. do a spoiler in the last one. And he didn't. Rob didn't he turn canceled. up. 
He the didn't turn up. We've had him booked in for eight weeks, yeah. and it keeps getting put back another yeah. two weeks. So we got, We're I've got a lot of now. guests um, lined up. I'm just, I'm at a point now where I've got, I need to start booking them all in. Yep. Because we had one big two month of booking them all in. I now need to do the and next. Booking. Do the next batch. But I've kind of got like ten. I a will say one little, one little spoiler for you. Uh, okay. I spoke to a Portsmouth Force player at a Fury training last night. Ooh. And that was Patrick Elaguace. Oh, really? And I was saying, Patrick, when are you going to come on the pod? And he said, he proposed an idea. And that was for him and Simon Olini Perkin yep. to come on together. Dynamic duo. So <gasps> two Portsmouth Force guards on at the same time. So let's see what will happen. That'll be our first two for one. Yeah. You normally have to pay double for that. Wow. So okay. we got almost all the way through and it's you who's inappropriate. Simon, do you want to do a shout out to anyone in oh, France? I just want to send my love to all my friends in Portsmouth. And um, I really want to thank you guys. And actually gave us a really good idea. So not like a Bristol team. We're actually going to have our 20th anniversary for the club here in France. Oh, really? The, the basketball club uh, next season. And the following season was actually in 1975 when basketball was created within the multi-sports club within the city. So next year, 20th anniversary for the club. The following year, the 50th anniversary for basketball in the, in town. So I said um, to the boss, right, that would be a really nice idea if we get to interview people who made the club. You know, like you guys, um, you guys do. I say, oh yeah, that's really nice. And we can do this. We can do that. And you know, thank you because that was a really fun experience to do and really nice uh, meeting you, Mark. And yeah, uh, we we actually gonna gonna try to do the same in a way that um, our um, kids here will get to know the the story and the history of the club here. No. Oh, well, let us know. I'll listen to it. We'll share it on the, Absolutely. On the, on the socials. And yeah, stuff. we'll give a shout out for sure. Yeah, that's really nice. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Simon, well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the you show. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for your time. You want to hit that button? There we go. So that ends another episode. That was a good one, wasn't it? As, a, as good Fantastic. as it gets. I want to send all my salutations to everyone in France. Yes, well, absolutely. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to any other shows previously, go back, check and listen. We're on all the streaming platforms and we have got a new podcast link. So you go and check out the new one. It's the Portsmouth Basketball Podcast. That's all it's called now. So go and check that out if you haven't before and tune in for next week. And the week after and the week after that, we're going to keep them coming. But for now, wherever you are, whenever you're listening, we thank you so much. Take care and bye for now. <laughs>